Sportsbook Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, two guys at a mic show, beautiful midweek Wednesday here on the TalkZone.com. It's the coach and the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glassola. And uh, not a lot of happy, uh, not a lot of happy Chicago NBA fans after the Bulls lay a complete egg in the second half. Wow, talk about a game of uh, a tale of two halves, first half. First half, I mean, the Bulls looked like we thought they would look without Derrick Rose. You know, playing pretty well. Energetic, defense, offense, hitting some shots. Went into the lead with halftime and uh, went into the lead at halftime. And then they came out in the second half and uh, credit the Philadelphia 76ers. They were absolutely awesome. We'll talk about that game. Mucho, mucho mas here on the TalkZone.com. Let's play a little bit of music. And then we will get this soon-to-be award-winning show kicked off. We got the other news to talk about too. We'll of course uh, touch on the Chicago Bulls game, but the White Sox with a breakout game from Gordon Beckham. Was it just one game, or maybe the beginning of the uh, official breakout of the what was supposed to be star of the Chicago White Sox? Got a little Kentucky Derby talk too. We'll get off the sports page. Yesterday was the one year. What's the word to say? Certainly not celebration. I don't think that's proper. But the one year anniversary. That didn't even sound right of the killing of Osama bin Laden. Some fascinating news takes, media takes on that. We will uh, PK into the mindset, the brain set of our uh, political analyst. I'm sorry, analyst. <laughs> Big dog, Joel Radwanski, who also surprisingly is our NHL hockey analyst. There's not many guys out there, Joel, that can be both a hockey expert and a political expert, uh, particularly on the Osama bin Laden case. But you, my friend... You, my friend, are that for our particular show. How are you, Big Dog? I would not call myself a hockey expert. Well, I know you wouldn't, but we have a very low budget here. Remember, our new name for the show is, uh, what was our name yesterday? Limited uh, Fun. Yes. It's li- so much better. I like it. I actually I like do, too. We have to talk about this. The Limited Fun Sports Talk Report. We can't afford a real hockey expert, so you, in fact, and you've been doing a heck of a job. Very impressed. Our emailers are very satisfied with your uh, with your hockey recaps and analysis. Well, uh, last night I watched zero hockey, so don't expect anything out of that from me. Last night I was I was out with people who I know people that are in the Navy SEALs and stuff, and they they're not so happy. the The Navy SEALs wanted to kill all fourteen of the of the children that were there because they don't want these guys coming back and and hunting them down eventually one day. That's it's so messed. Everybody thinks everything went like. Oh, the perfect success. You know, it's kind of funny. It's those Navy SEALs now are like, you know, we should have eliminated everybody in the, in the mm. house. As he's, now he's going to have sons that are eventually going to start up other factions. Boy. Uh, what, you know what I mean? Isn't it crazy? You yeah, look at it later and you think, wow, we did it perfectly. And now you're like, wow, we did, we weren't, we didn't drop the hammer enough. Well, I, I haven't heard that angle. There's a lot of fascinating descriptions but, uh, of it. Forget the political analysts who are trying to always say the right thing on television. I'm talking about these are like real people who will yeah. have to actually their sons are going to be one fighting the next war and, you know, sitting around, you know, like they're like 
we may have made a huge mistake. They're like not killing them, Bin Laden, but now you have, you know, you have uh, what, eleven boys and three daughters that mm-hmm. are going to go out. I don't know how many it was. But it yeah, seven well, seven there's that aspect of it. And how's this for starting with a, a nice light topic to start our beautiful Wednesday here? But there's that aspect of it, Big Dome. But the other uh, side of it would be you're talking about killing kids, many of which. You know, it wasn't their decision to have Osama bin Laden as the dad, and maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be the complete antithesis of the horrible person that their dad was. And boy, I, you know, I can understand the. Huh? No, you're you're exactly 100 percent right. I couldn't have killed the kids either. I couldn't have done it. Yeah. How could you? Couldn't even give that order. But like all of a sudden, you're like, oh no, what have we done now? Is this created something even worse? Like in 18 years, are we going to have some? Like lunatic out there who's got a hundred million dollars in a in some bank account that we don't know about, and and who knows what else, that'd be a billion by then, you know? You know what I mean? It's just like no. I don't think this is the I don't. It's like if we cut off the head, but it's one of those snakes that grows a head somewhere else on its mm-hmm. body. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Tough, tough uh, topic. But uh, just to be clear, now they did kill when they went into the compound. They killed more than Osama bin Laden. They shot mm-hmm. uh, a couple of wives. I think one died, one injured. And at least uh, the bodyguard and, uh, you know, there was at least four or five adults that were shot and killed. So it wasn't just Osama. And haven't they killed another one of Obama's, uh, I mean, uh, Osama bin Laden's um, son? Like an older one, one that was like 20. They killed one of those guys already, too. So, like, as soon as you turn 18 and you're one of the bin Ladens, it's like you better watch your back, basically. You better write, like, like some type of, uh, like, and just so nobody tries to kill you, just, yep. you know, some hedge by whatever they call those things, to say, hey, you know, I'm of peace, and we should all get together, and let's all praise Allah. And then, every, yeah. then you don't have to worry about getting a bullet in your head. Yeah, if you're a Bin Laden, the 18th birthday, David Olson, is really, it's, it's a quagmire of emotions, because A, the good part is you are now eligible to drink, and you can go to some of the hot bars in Afghanistan, but the negative part is... You know, a Navy SEAL is going to be hunting you down in the next couple of days. Well, keep yes. the, keep this in mind, though. Uh-oh. The Bin Laden drinking are... age change. Well, no, no, no. no. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just you know, with the last name Bin Laden, keep in mind that they're a very powerful and influential Saudi Arabian family. Yeah. Okay, and he's the yeah. black sheep of that family. Osama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, for, and for the people that are extremely peaceful in that family, and have actually have connections with the Bush family of the American Texans Bush, uh, you know, they, they were like, they're ashamed of the guy. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, no, this is, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with him. But then again, but, you know what, somehow he's involved. And you, and once they're family, they're always family. You know what I mean? I can't, I mean, this is going to be an issue forever. Now, these guys were telling me they think all the children were implanted with some type of device, microscopic, so at all times forever, Someone will know where all those children are at forever. And that device was implanted by... Who knows? Oh, we're going to test you to make sure you're healthy. Let's take a shot from you. Uh Oh, you don't have polio. Luckily for you. Yeah, but now you have a microscopic chip in you that a plane... And, you know, like, so so maybe we don't have anything to worry about and those kids are taking control. No, he he could be right because, I mean, they they do that with dogs now and they're starting to do it with kids. Mm -hmm. It's just a a little chip. It's... By, about that big in my interesting. So we my all fingers are about two our, millimeters apart. But we've all better check our doctors. That who knows that could be happening here. You know? well, one, yeah, of the, well, one of the things they're, one of, they're trying to push for is like implanting a chip in everybody with all their medical records on it. Yeah, and you can you can definitely get that chip out. So whatever the U.S. put in these 
kids is like what they would be putting in human beings in 20 years. You know what I mean? Because you know how whatever the U.S. military is working on is like so much ahead of whatever we're actually getting. Mm-hmm. Like the phones that we had now, they probably had 20 years ago. So well, maybe not that drastic. Maybe 10. So. It's yeah, but it's, 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 oh. I can't believe it was a year ago. I, honestly, that's going to be one of those moments when Cloudy ran downstairs and be like, thank God, Bin Laden. I'll remember that moment forever, Coach. It was just like, I just, I mean, legitimately, it was like a, a moment of elation. And, you know, and it's, you know, I don't feel ashamed for it. I mean, I actually felt joy over hearing somebody die. Yeah, I was a little uncomfortable. You could feel joy, and I can understand that in the comfort of your own home. I did feel a little uncomfortable. I didn't think it was particularly good political correctness theater for the uh, celebrations to take I'm place out in the streets. Political correctness. The guy was planning to uh, kill more people next time. That's okay. fine, big dog. I'm not saying we shouldn't have been happy. The part that bothered me was the public celebrations. I didn't think that was the oh, best. Oh, okay, I know what you're saying. I know, okay, yeah. oh, so you talking about, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like no. that. I was glad we saw a lot more, uh, Flag waving, then we saw stupid pictures. You know, you didn't see anybody burning Osama bin Laden effigy in the streets of the United States, did you? Mm. You saw Americans waving American flags. Mm-hmm. It isn't like it, the things that you see on Al Jazeera of American flags being burned in the streets of Iran and mm-hmm. and uh, Afghanistan because well, there's no streets in Afghanistan. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just uh, say, oh, we know we hate America. It's totally different. So you could say, oh, you didn't like that, but. You know what? If you compare, I would. It was a lot different saying, "Hey, look, you attacked us, and look what we did. We came back and we searched you out because we're America." A lot different than, "Oh, all our problems are because of you, and it's, we hate you, and it's all your fault." So I'm not so ashamed, and and, I, and everybody's so worried about political correctness. I'm so freaking sick of that from now on. These people are out to end Western civilization, Coach. And until you really get that into your head. Until everybody gets into their head. People that sit on their couch play video games all day and they're all concerned that Derrick Rose is out. I'm concerned he's out too, but there's a lot of problems in the world. And 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 if you don't believe it or not, Coach, believe me, there's actually a billion people in the world that want to end Western civilization. About one, about one out of every six people. Not sure I ever thought of putting that in a percentage point. Keep in mind, for every one billion, there's another... Twenty billion that they're very happy with Western civilization. Well, there's, but there's only there's only about six and a half billion people on the planet. So you're saying one out of every six has there's, the mentality a lot of hatred towards towards the United States mm-hmm. and Western doctrine. A lot, Coach. What is the particular concern? Why are they so? Mad about Western civilization. What exactly? Because they're uneducated. And people that are in these countries that are in power educate and propagandize themselves that all your problems are because the Americans control everything. They're imperialists. And they run the world. And you're poor because of them. And people are uneducated and poor. Mm -hmm. And they need uh, an excuse or an out. So they're like, oh, yeah. uh, You know, I live in Afghanistan. And there's U.S. tanks here. And I don't have any food. And. You know what? And and they don't believe the same thing I do. As a matter of fact, one of them is even burning a Koran. You know what? It is their problem. It is their fault. Mm-hmm. And then you have you know then you have little incidents. We call them little, but like you have incidents like some idiot burning a Koran, or who knows what happened when the guy went around shooting people, and all of a sudden 
Al Jazeera and all their news networks focus on that when they don't focus on the fact that 99% of the other stuff that's happening there is people are getting fed, they're building schools, uh, women are getting rights in these countries. But instead, everything's focused on the fact that, well, you know what? Uh, the guy that, the, the, the dictator running your country made a deal with some, some, uh, U.S. official. They sent a billion dollars in aid. Well, about $10,000 worth of food went to somebody. And that official who sent the billion dollars in aid got take back cash by the dictator who didn't even give it to his people. That stuff happens constantly here. And then that same dictator is like, blame the U.S. And we still keep sending aid to these people. Why do we send so much aid to countries that blast the United States, Coach? It's because we have deals with the people in there. That's the only. Uh, try to name me another reason why we would ever yeah. say send aid to a country when the, the leaders of these countries are bashing the United States unless there's some backdoor deal. I think in some okay. sense you kind of answered your own question, Big Doug, because you explained very eloquently, by the way, and we're talking to our – uh, extremely perturbed political analyst on the show, uh, Joel Redwanski here, um, the big dog, better known. But you kind of answered your own question. You said, well, people grow up and they're not educated and they are ingrained into a system, be it school, be it family or community, where they're told the Western civilization is the horrible mm-hmm. way. So I would think by our sending aid, the theory is, to get into the schools, to educate, to, to make things a little better there so that attitude changes. And if it doesn't change, then their attitude towards us won't change. So I'm assuming that's the reason for at least some of the aid, to uh, improve things in Afghanistan and maybe slowly but surely change the attitude towards both Western civilization and the Chicago Cubs. No, no, uh, yeah, no we definitely need help with the Chicago Cubs. Now, Al Jazeera has sent a couple suggestions, by the way. Uh, you know, we need to listen, okay? Yes. And that, that's the only thing for Al Jazeera I actually yeah. listen to is their, uh, what, we, what the Cubs need to yeah. do, because trust me, they're, they're all about winning. It's all about winning for yeah. them. The Whatever. last year, remember the tweet we got from Al Jazeera last year to uh, trade Ramirez, Aramis Ramirez? Should have listened to him. Maybe we could have got something for him. Well, well supposedly, uh, with, with uh, Fed, uh, I, I, I almost called him, Fed Hoisting. I swear, I almost called Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein one particular name altogether, like they're <laughs> like they're Brangelina or something like that. <laughs> I, I almost said, I don't know, that was just an accident, like, just because I'm yeah. thinking too fast. But, but you know, they would though they would rather have the first round draft pick that the Cubs get in compensation for letting Ramirez go as a free agent yeah. than trade for him. That's what they said. They were like, basically, they're That's what who said? The Cubs. Let you know. Hoyer and Epstein think they're the smartest ones in the room, so they better get an awesome player mm-hmm. for that draft pick is what I'm saying, Coach. All right. But getting back okay. to the aid in, uh, in Afghanistan, is that not the uh, – I'm assuming that's – we're not just throwing money away for the heck of it. No, we're no, no, hoping okay. to no, change no, the culture. Afghanistan, Afghanistan, that is different. We actually have U.S. troops out there. Let's not forget, we have women and men overseas, everybody, right now, risking their lives every single day. And, and we're starting to join, get listeners overseas, Coach, which is pretty soon. We're, I think we're going to have more listeners that are U.S. troops in Afghanistan mm-hmm. than we actually do in the United States. Let me ask you a question. Does Afghanistan have any troops in the United States? Uh, no, they do not. So okay. why, why are we allowed and, to have and, troops? And, uh, and by the way, just to let you know, uh, in the United States, there's no, there's no, but we're not harboring anybody here that's planning to destroy uh, Afghanistan civilization, too. So when you ask that question, remember to put that okay. back. But you back can see the perception. If, I, yes, if I not totally the reality. Agree with you. And they're, uh, they're uneducated, and everybody, 
that is above them in the community is telling them it's the Americans' fault. Mm-hmm. So it, when, to, when we're to, in Afghanistan, though, uh, these troops are at least making contact. They're seeing faces. They, there's, I guarantee they're being touched by the American people. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see all these, like the great story in, a, in Iraq about the, about the young man who loved soccer, and he, he, was, uh, he died on a tour of duty, mm-hmm. and they had this, now they have like a soccer ball drive. And these Iraqi children are like, yeah, we, we know that there's a difference between good and bad. Yep. So we can, but see, that's, these are troops that are there. When we're talking about blindly sending an aid, like when the Idi Amin was, uh, was, was in uh, charge, we were sending aid down there. There's a bunch of different, we basically send aid to every single country in the world. So it's not just Afghanistan, it's not just Iraq, but we can at least put a face to that. Mm-hmm. When we just said we send $10 billion in aid to uh, China. Like we do. Why are we sending aid to China? Why is there any reason for us to send aid to China and then we have to borrow money from them to send aid to them? Okay, but we send it to the government. It doesn't actually get to the people of China. It's so, it just seems how to somehow disappear. What I'm saying is there are people that are in charge of the United States that are feigning the fact that we're helping out around the world and they're truly not helping out anyone, Coach. That's, that, is what I'm, that is what I'm accusing them of, and that's what I'm just blindly saying. Okay, so It is a fascinating concept when you hear about the fact we're going to go bankrupt and one of the primary reasons is the amount of money that we owe to China. And then and I didn't even think about it of recent anyways, and you, you bring up the realization that we are currently sending money to China to China for aiding. Aid. What are we exactly like, aiding? But it's certainly the money we're sending China should be pay off to the loans. That would it, seem to make sense. Like but obviously human that's rights, too- and we're, it, we're, it's all kind. Of, it's totally jacked up. It makes no sense whatsoever. And there's countries all over the world that we're sending aid to, and it goes like directly into like dictators' hands, and the, the people don't even see it. That's mm-hmm. This has been going on with the U.S. for decades, Coach. For I mean, this isn't a new story. This even Dan Rather was bringing it up. You know, like back in the '70s. This has been going on for years, Coach. And yet the U.S. people, we don't care. We're more worried about like who Angelina Jolie is married to than we do whether or not uh, <laughs> if our freedoms are getting taken away from us or uh, or what our politicians are doing. And it has gotten to the point where these guys basically have free reign over everything. And mm-hmm. if you even talk out, it's like, oh, you're anti-American. It's, isn't it funny mm-hmm. how that happens now? Yeah, if actually, you're worried about your country, you're now sometimes considered anti-American. The way you describe it, it's, it's actually not that funny. Now, you are aware, Big Dog, that uh, uh, Barack Obama and his uh, uh, mini entourage made a surprise visit yesterday in the one year, again, I'm trying to find a right word for it, of the killing of Osama bin Laden, but Barack in Afghanistan yesterday, talking to the troops and some of the Afghan people, including Mr. Who's the head guy there? Karzai. Uh, yeah, and Karzai yeah. wants them out now. So, how'd that go? Actually, well, that went very well. What didn't go well, political analyst uh, Big Dog Joe Red. What what didn't go well is the uh, sparring back and forth between uh, Mr. Mitt Romney. And the Barack Obama camp, John McCain weighing in heavily, too, as they think Barack Obama is trying to uh, politicize a little bit. The killing of Osama bin Laden and sensationalizing it, trying to take advantage of it, getting a little bit of criticism. And actually, even though I'm an Obama supporter, I actually 
think there's at least some level of legitimacy to that. But that's yeah. The only, the only thing is, uh, I, I have not followed this story with it, but I like I read a headline and it and it said like Obama camp uh, accuses says that Romney or insinuates Romney wouldn't have pulled right. the trigger a year mm-hmm. ago, and I'm like I'm like really, come on, I, I don't know. That's let's just leave that alone. Okay. John McCain speaking out heavily against you know I don't know why this occurred to me even more now than when it happened. But John McCain does not take enough criticism for one particular thing, and that is the Sarah Palin choice. Now, I understand strategically when he chose Sarah changing topics here a little bit. Don't worry, Chicago Bulls fans, we're going to get into some Bull talks. We're trying to delay as long as possible talking about that second half of the Bulls collapse against Philadelphia. But um, I understand the strategy for picking Sarah Palin. He was way behind Obama, wasn't going to beat him. Had to take a chance, got to roll the dice, onside kickoff, you know, big gamble, first and third steal, suicide squeeze, whatever you want to call it. But at the risk of, what if he would have won? He's picking someone that's going to help him win, but that he knows, he's smart enough to know, is incompetent to be the vice president of the United States. So he was willing to, maybe I'm taking this a step too far, endanger the country. So that he would have a better chance to win. I don't. I, I don't think he takes enough criticism for that big dumb. I, I, I don't know enough about Sarah Palin to know whether she's yes, competent or incompetent. Yes, you do. So I, I, I honestly don't pay. I, I, well, but you're aware she would eminently be unqualified by a long shot to be president of the United she, States. Why would she be unqualified? In, in your opinion, oh. I want to hear why she would be unqualified. You, you said eminently, so there must be a bunch of reasons. Yes. Well, so, she, well, give me one. Okay, she has no idea of uh, international relations, no concept whatsoever of of our connections with with various countries. That's been shown through a number of number of discussions she has had. That would be one. Two, okay. lack of lack of experience managing any kind of larger group. I guess you could use the same thing with Osama bin Laden too. But I mean Osama bin Laden <laughs> with Barack Obama because he didn't have a whole. But he still was the yeah, senator. He didn't, he didn't have. Well, he was senator of Illinois, which is a little bit more than Alaska. A governor of a that person in charge of a state, one that was actually doing extremely well financially and not about to go bankrupt, as opposed to how almost everybody in the state of Illinois is. Well, yeah, you know, two, two, two things yeah, on that. Number one, totally, she seems totally incompetent, as opposed to the guy that was elected president. Yes, that's true. Absolutely, that's stupid. The caller, compared to the guy who got elected as president, forget vice president. What, you're asking me, does she seem stupid compared? No, no, my, my point is you're ripping on her. I don't think she, she's any less qualified oh, I do. than the guy that got elected president oh, of the United States. Complete, wow. No, Big no, all, all he does, he's a much slicker talker. No, he, come that on, man Joel. Can talk, okay? Oh, my goodness. Big dog, come on. No, no, my, Coach, if you're going to – I don't I – don't, I'm not a Sarah Palin fan at all. Okay, I'm not. Okay? Sounding but, like it. But I, the point is that the, the guy is not exactly was not exactly qualified. Okay, if you're talking about the two things that you just said, I don't I don't believe so. Okay. You don't believe? No, compared to, compared to her, he's not any better than her in, in terms of the qualifications he had in uh, being able to run something before – Oh, I think he was eminently but more qualified. He was, he was and his, running a state that was uh, that was making money. Yeah, but we're talking also just, well, just well, basic well, intelligence and background. Barack Obama was a you know a lot smarter on our relationship with other countries and the history and 
you know, where we are in our place of the world, basic things like that that you have to have kind of as a foundation where you're the president of the United States, Sarah Palin, I don't think had any of that. I mean, you could use the example, uh, uh, you know, Bryce Harper, who just got brought up to the Washington Nationals, the superstar player. He and, uh, you know, Horace Ramirez, who's playing minor league baseball right now, hitting 230. Well, both of them have the same amount of experience in major league baseball. Why, why not bring Horace Ramirez up instead of Bryce Harper? Because one is more talented. One is better and at least deserves a shot. The other one is incompetent and doesn't deserve a shot, if I could make that sports analogy. Well, if you want to compare them to minor league baseball players like that, I have no issue with that. Well, my point is, just, just, you know, there was maybe a slight difference in experience, but that doesn't mean one person wasn't a lot more prepared and competent to take over the presidency than the other. David Olson. I don't remember where I was going to jump in there, so. <laughs> All right, but he was going to jump in at any rate. I, 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 he's just a puppet president. He's a really good talker. The guy's freaking slick, is what he is. Wow. All right. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big dog and the coach. With you right up until eleven o'clock. Phone lines open. Sports and more. So far, it's been the more part. Triple eight. Four six three sixty seven forty eight. Besides the uh, politics, big Doug, everything else uh, good in the world? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's really good. Um, hopefully, I got this nice little opportunity coming up. So, uh, you know, it's funny is you know you you work on something all the time and then something else pops up because Idris uh, 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 and I were talking and we're you know we've been trying to get this stuff going for that old Debbie show and we got all we get the you know the whole seasons filmed and everything. Yep. And uh, as the guy's going through each of the stuff, he's like, "This is this is really funny." And he's just like, "Oh, what's that?" He's like, "This, this guy in the in the blue suit and the in the red cape." <laughs> and uh, he started watching all of them. And now he's like, "You know, we've got to do this." So on Thursday, we're actually uh, filming some stuff. So I need White Sox fans to come out next Thursday uh, to the lakefront at 4 p.m. So I, we're going to do a shoot. Gonna be freaking hysterical. It really helped me out. So if you if you guys are my friends, contact me, Joel Redwanski at Yahoo. Just contact me at mm-hmm. This Year Man at Facebook. Uh, it's gonna so just you know friend me and I'll and you can actually involved in this. Actually, uh, they want to shoot like a, a pilot, like just a, a short thing of me doing the This Year Man stuff. Nice. It's gonna be really good. We're gonna be able to attach, like put everything together. Uh-huh. It was really I need as many White Sox people dressed up as White Sox fans as possible. We've got so much good footage from the the this year man going to opening day mm-hmm. that we have to kind of attach the story together. And I got a, a couple people that are actors. If you are an actor, I will get you great lines in this. Please contact me, Joel Wanski at Yahoo, or uh, you know, friend me on Twitter, do the Facebook thing, just get in contact with me. Next Thursday at four o'clock. So that's nine days on the lakefront on the north side. It's uh, we got this place up just north of Montrose Harbor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's going to be nice and easy. It's going to be a good day. So come on out. Let's uh, put that on our Facebook page as well. Advertise that. So take me back a step now. I know you, uh, a big dog, not only a, a quality sports talk host and a political analyst, folks, but he's also an aspiring actor doing a show called America's Worst Deadbeats? Is that the name? No, America's Most Wild Deadbeats. Most Wild Deadbeats. Um, and the, the people that have been, the, it's Warner Brothers that has been going back and forth. Like, we're 
shoot this, redo that, shoot this, redo that. And, you know, it's basically grueling three years of my life and zero money out of it. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the way I look at it is I would rather do this and know I tried getting yep. something done in my life than I'd be the guy that sat on the couch and always be like, man, I wish I would have tried. Hey, you could uh, be the, uh, the the Brian LaHare of uh, of movies and TV here. Is the, you know, career minor leaguer finally gets his opportunity, makes it big. But are you saying the producer, Brian LaHare, by the way, the fine hitting first baseman of our Chicago Cup, are you saying the producer of that deadbeat show saw the videos of this year man and now wants to do something with this year man? Yeah, that's basically what it is. So, and and is this producer... I don't know. All they know is uh, that's I know that little about it is the producer saw it, loves it, needs to connect the story, and then from there it's up in the air. But uh, from it's this is all I know is he just is extremely excited, extremely. He's like in almost in tears over this stuff. <laughs> he's like, we got to get this done. He's like, and then I was like, you know, I can't make it that particular day. He's like, you name the time. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, he just. Right. He's so, like, I don't care. I'll take it up. I'll be like, I'm quitting work. So we'll see. So that's going to be a week from Thursday. Yeah. So yeah. nine days from now. Everyone. I might be down there. Okay. I might be down when there. You, to when you do you... bring your kids, get them in socks gear. Well, I don't okay. know if I'm going to take my kids out of school, but um... oh, four o'clock. You know what? There's, don't don't let school get in the way of your kids' education. I've always been a believer in that. Never let never let the school get in the way of your education. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You're right. Something like that would be a learning experience much more valuable than sitting in a, a math or English class, that's for sure. <laughs> and I'm sure they wouldn't mind it. And I'm sure I'm sure one of your sons has a really good camera, too, and get a couple other angles of it. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, we'll get more on that. Make sure we put it up on the Facebook page. Another opportunity for this year, man, one of our alter egos, if you could call it here, and the two guys at a mic show. Uh, again, our phone number, if you want to check in, talk some sports, maybe apply firsthand, talk to the big dog, and you can be one of the uh, guys on camera. Give us a call, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. By the way, on the Twitter, you mentioned Twitter, big dog. David Olson, uh, if you go, if we tell people to go two guys at a mic on Twitter, check it out. Does the other, because there's other two guys at a mic shows. So this uh-huh. could be this could be an issue. I need to clarify how we refer people to go to our Twitter and not your the Twitter. Ones... Your Twitter your Twitter handle is Two Guys Mike. So if they go to just two guys search Mike. Two Guys Mike. There you go. See that That's big good. one? Producer David Wilson has solved another problem. So uh, could uh, just let you, Dave? Could you do us a huge favor and can you get the handle Limited Funds Twitter? <clears throat> you like that name? Yeah, just in case. Somebody, I think somebody, I think I already bought limitedfunds.com. Okay. Yeah, but we could be the limited funds sports report. Yeah, something like that's good. I like that. Limited funds. We'll, we'll figure that out. Though. Yeah, they have the two guys at a mic. They will have to redo the website, but uh, at any rate, we'll take care of business off the air. But actually, sometimes it's more fun to take care of business on the air. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number, Big Dog. Thirty one minutes into a Chicago based. Sports show, we bring up the bull. We're the only knuckleheads that would wait 31 minutes, but we were talking bigger issues. Your film career and the killing of Osama bin Laden and the implications thereof. I think those two things take priority. I'm sorry. Uh, I have no problem. I I really didn't want to get into what happened with the Chicago Bulls Mm -hmm. last night. It was a very, very difficult evening. It It, was uh, was tough to watch, but it was fascinating because, correct me if I'm wrong, the first half was exactly like we anticipated and energetic. 
move the ball basketball team. They scored points, played some defense. They didn't dominate, but they played exactly like we thought the Bull team could without Derrick Rose. And then what happened? Wow. You know, you said ball. I, I swear to you, there was, there was so many times five Bulls stood around, and there was like one guy that had the ball and just had to figure out how to do something by himself. I, am I wrong by saying that, Coach? You're exactly right. Exactly right. Be a John Lucas pounding the ball. And I love John Lucas, but stop dribbling for 15 seconds. Okay, you know what they need to do? They need to watch. I know this is going to sound silly, but I'm absolutely serious about this. Take out a Northwestern basketball tape. Because Northwestern, as soon as they cross the half-court line, they make that initial pass to trigger the offense, and then they got some cutting and moving. Even Mm -hmm. if the rest of the offense doesn't go that way, pass to start. Get it going. Let's not wait until the clock is down to 11 seconds before we figure out what to do. Luol Dang can't beat people one-on-one, and neither can Carlos Boozer. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, they hit their shots. They're good rebounders, good defenders, but, yeah, they're not creators with the ball. So they, in order for them to get open looks, they have to work for a shot like Kyle Corver does. Kyle Corver can't create his own shot, but he works off screens, and he, and, he, and, he, and he runs around. He makes the defender work. He just doesn't stand there. And look at the guy with the basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yes, I was out with uh, Butler and Shanahan yesterday, Coach, and uh, I, we ended up like we were going to go to the White Sox game, and we forgot about the Bulls game when we when we decided to go this Tuesday. And I was like, you know what, won't matter. We'll go down to the the bullpen bar and we'll watch the the Bulls game down there. I could care less about you know I was, I'll kind of watch the baseball game, and. Uh, you know, so it started raining. We decided to go to some other place. So when I'm, we're at this place called All Star Sports Lounge downtown, and I'm watching the game. And there's this girl that walks in front of me, and I don't realize she just walked in front of me. And the Bulls aren't offense, and I just yell, "Move!" This woman turned around like she thought I was yelling at her, and she ran away. But Butler and Shanahan were like, "Dude, you just yelled at that woman to move." I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was frustrating, coach. That's why I can put it. Yeah, and let us uh, make sure in all our frustration here in Chicago with the Bulls, let us make sure we give credit to the Philadelphia 76ers because basically they played defense, they rebounded, and they passed the ball like like we expect and have seen the Bulls do all season long. They took a page out of the Bulls' playbook. Yeah, they did. They, they, you didn't know who was going to score for them. You know what I mean? It seemed like everybody was going. And Andre Iguodala hasn't played like that in a – I mean, he he played really, really good basketball yesterday. I was I was surprised to see him being that aggressive. He does not look like he would be that athletic, but, boy, when he jumps and slams those puppies home or gets up in the air, he is deceivingly, deceivingly athletic, Andre Iguodala, the human uh, vowel machine. And, of course, uh, Jeruel Holiday, another guy with a number of vowels in his uh, first and last name. Jeruel Holiday was on fire, 26 points. I think he was 11 for 15. He's not going to do that every game, Big Doug. No, no, I mean, uh, hopefully he won't hit like that. That's going to be tough. That Drew Holiday is pretty good, and he's a solid player. And Philadelphia's been doing that all year long where a different guy will step up every night and, and mm-hmm. do something for you. Uh, you know, Andre Iguodala, I think, was a dunk champion coach. Woo. So, I mean, yeah, the guy, he's got some serious – he can throw down some serious dunks. Mm-hmm. He's not exactly a young man anymore either. Anyhow, Bulls lose the ball game 109 109- to 92 series tied 1-1 back to Philadelphia we go it'll be interesting to see how it plays out we surmised yesterday big dog that there were a couple of scenarios one of which the Bulls could play really really bad and then you know want to come back and show that hey you know we are more than just Derrick Rose 
and had that extra inspiration. At this point, we have to hope that's the uh, scenario it takes because, you know, the other side of it was the Bulls were going to play a great game and win. Everybody was going to get excited, and, and then we would realize over the course of however many more games they play that they weren't quite that good. But that wasn't the scenario. It's the opposite end. And now you got to hope the uh, players have a little chip on their shoulder, go out and prove it in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so, Coach, because uh, yeah, I, I don't want them to like have a horrible, horrible taste in their mouth, like they can't win without Derrick Rose, like they're a one-man team. I don't want that. Which feeling. they shouldn't, because they went 18. They played 27 games without him. Yes, exactly. And 18 and nine is a pretty good yeah. number with, without a guy. Yep. Against some good teams too, including the Miami Heat. Let us remind folks. By the way, was it just me? Or did Tom Thibodeau, A, see much more mellow yesterday, which is not good, and B, is he dyeing his hair? I don't think he's dyeing his hair. No? This ain't dying his hair, though. Take a look next game. Take a look. Because that's, if he starts going Hollywood on us, I mean, that's totally anti-Tom Thibodeau. And his hair looked, maybe it was my TV, but it, it looked particularly black. And that bothered me a little bit. In, 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 in the second half, he didn't seem to have that edge that, that the Bulls seemed to pick up on. He was standing up, which he always does, but he kind of had that glaze. You know who he looked like? I hate to say this. He looked a little bit like Lovey Smith in the second half. Thibodeau uh, is fine. He knows how to handle the team. I I, I don't think he's defeated or anything like that, Coach. With, mm-hmm. So I... I, I didn't get that feeling whatsoever from him. I, I don't know about the dyed hair either. So maybe you had a different tint on your TV. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Friday, we got to wait till Friday, big deal. These NBA players, seems like the NHL, you know, they get it done fairly quick. The NBA takes forever. we got to wait till Friday night to watch the uh, Bull take on Philadelphia at the – it ain't the spectrum anymore, is it? In game three. We have to wait. Why did they have to cram 66 games in 120 days? But we have to wait. It's so freaking ridiculous, isn't it? Isn't it horrible? Yeah. It's really, really bad. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's already started because you know uh, the Miami Heat are going to win the championship this year, Coach. No, and uh, now they're the favorites. I wouldn't say that's far from a given. I just want to let you know that's that's at the word on the street. You should hear the people in the bar last night. There's there's there was a hundred people in this All Star Sports bar in the half first half. Yeah, let's go Bulls. Middle of second half. I hear people, like, every, hey, the Heat are going to freaking win, blah, blah, blah. And then I heard people, more than one person, be like, it, it isn't a true season. This championship won't even count. It's only 66 game year. So already, already people are preparing to put an asterisk on the LeBron James championship. Mm-hmm. I know, I know you don't feel that way. I'm telling you about the heartbeat of the all-star sports car bar and grill, a hundred people. They already started coming out with, uh, the, the doesn't count because, it's a short season. Way sure. too much, way too much Miami Heat envy here in the uh, city of Chicago, really across the NBA. Very good team. Call them a great team, but let, let's, let's not get carried away. They're going to have to, you know, every step along the way. The New York Knicks weren't disintegrating right before our very eyes. They would have had a good first-round match with the Knicks, too. You well, put Jeremy Lin and Omar Shumpert and, um, and a healthy Amare Stoudemire, I think they would have battled the Miami Heat. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I well, the Heat are much superior to the to the Knicks. I thought the whole Knicks thing was kind of a farce, even though they were playing a lot better the last, the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. They, they have been playing a lot better. Yeah. Now, Coach, I agree that all this like Heat envy or Heat hate around the country is wrong, 
But I, you have to, I would have to say for a couple, like a week or so after the Derrick Rose injury, I don't think there's, you should have any problem with, I, I don't have the heat, hate, or envy or anything like that. I don't want them to win, so maybe I do have a little bit in my, in my heart. Mm-hmm. But it's, you, we, we thought we had a legitimate shot at winning the NBA championship. We were going to do it with a team atmosphere, effort, hustle, rebounding, and all of a sudden our best player gets pulled out. So, like, if the Heat win as a Bulls fan, you got to be like, yeah, but we didn't have Derrick Rose. You know, and it's got it's going to eat at every single Bulls fan forever, mm-hmm. whoever wins this championship this year. Yep. It is depressing. And who knows what the makeup of the team. It should be somewhat similar next year, and hopefully Rose comes back. But you're right. This is a one-time only, and the team was uh, certainly molded for a chance to win the championship. It would have been fun to watch him on that run, and I think that's why most people are in somewhat of a funk. Uh, yeah. With Rose going down, we'll never get to see how far that team would have gone. At any rate, the people don't hate too much in Chicago, Coach. I really don't think they do. Yeah. That's why it was kind of strange to be hearing the way people were talking last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, 109-92, uh, my, uh, the Philadelphia 76 are knocking off the bowl. Game three on Friday. Lakers won yesterday. The Celtics even up their series without the uh, play of their point guard, Rajon Rondo. He was suspended. They still beat the Atlanta Hawks. Paul Pierce. The ageless one, big dog, 36 points. And I think Kobe had a big game last night, too, huh? Uh, did he? I have no idea. Yeah, I think 36 for Kobe. Dang, no... Kobe is, this is the, you know, Kobe and Bartolo Colon, they went over to Germany. They had some stem, stem cell stuff, blah, blah, blah. Coach, uh, right now, Bartolo Colon, top five pitcher in baseball so far this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fountain of uh, youth. Kobe Bryant, fourth best player in basketball this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's like, Interesting. Uh, I think this year, man, needs to go to Germany and get that freaking stem cell thing, whatever it's doing. Maybe we should send uh, Gordon Beckham and Brett Morrell over to Germany. Might help the White Sox for a little bit. Well, that wouldn't be bad. Maybe that just a, bad. a weekend trip. <laughs> Actually, I'm not aware. What, what stem cell? I, I'm not exactly sure what they did, but uh, Bartolo Colon had some whacked out thing where they took, like, something out of his body. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a couple months later, they put it back into him. And ever since then, he, while well, he's the best pitcher on the – his stats so far this year basically say he's the best pitcher in baseball. So I'm not about to go that far. But, you know, there was a, a earlier this year in a game, he threw 38 consecutive strikes. Wow. Wow. It's, no one has done that since 1980. And the – no, no, no. It's, it's a, and the record he broke – he broke a guy that had gone 32 in a row, okay? And, the, and the, somebody else went 39 in a row in 80. But a guy who went 32 in a row in 1998, uh, guess who it was. I'll give you one. You'll never get it, though. 32 in a row in 19- 32 strikes in, in 1998. Yes. Oh, boy. Um, 1998. You know the name, but if you were when I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, that's not, it's not possible. Oakland in a 90. I was going to say one of the Oakland A pitchers, but those got like Mulder and those 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 guys were more mid 2000s, right? Yeah, they, they, they were just breaking into the big leagues, 98, 99, 2000. Right yeah. there. I don't know. I, I can yeah. guess forever. Who? Knuckleballer Tim Wakefield. A knuckleballer. Can you believe that? He threw wow. over 30 consecutive con- consecutive strikes in a baseball game. That's when I, I we, they, baseball tonight was talking about, they talked about that for like five minutes. So like, no way! And they, it was it cracked me up. Yeah, but so I guess Kobe Bryant, coach, went to Germany and had some crazy. Like they did some stuff with. They, oh, 
like, uh, you know, the, the far right doesn't want any stem cell research done here in the United States. It drives me freaking crazy, right. okay? And, well, they do it over in Germany. Well, Kobe Bryant, I don't know exactly what he did, but it had something to do with stem cells, and he had some, excuse me, the degenerative, I can never say that word when I'm mm -hmm. nervous, and I'm always nervous when I'm on the show. <laughs> it's, uh, so he had some degenerative uh, disease with his knees, they did some stem cell stuff, and now look at Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. Remember the first, like, two months of the season? It was unreal. He was unstoppable. So I, I think, you know, next year, the, what the Lakers are going to do is they're going to send him to Germany, you know, in the, right at the beginning of the season, and then hopefully they have a big enough lead, and at the end of the year they're going to send him back to Germany. And before the playoffs do it, I mean, he should have gone back right now because I think well, he's still looking good. But Interesting. Might want to buy stock in uh, airlines that flies over to Germany. Uh, to... Lufthansa. Who? Lufthansa. God bless you. <laughs> Interesting. Well, maybe, um, you know, maybe Derek Rose. If this stuff is really, really good, maybe we could put off the ACL injury. Maybe, you know, just a quick, sudden shot of stem cell, whatever it might be, in the kneel area, and he could go for another three weeks. Big dog, it's worth a shot. The kneel area? Is that like your knee and heel combined? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's the knee and the medial ligament combined. Oh, okay. The neo area. <laughs> okay. Good oh, goodness. By the way, 4 o'clock today, Big Doug, if you're not doing anything, 4 o'clock today, I think it'll be ESPN2, the drawing for the post position of Saturday's Kentucky Derby, my friend, the 137th running of the great horse race, the Kentucky Derby. No. You know what they should do is they should have a draft. Okay. Uh-huh. You get your so instead of the post number, oh you get number one, oh you get the first pick of where you want. You that's what the they do. And then redo it. That's oh, what they, they do. do. Yeah, that's what they do. The person oh, who picks so if first. If you win number one, you don't go into the first post. You decide. Oh, yes. I want to be in spot number five. Oh, I never yep. knew that, yep. coach. That, that's the way they do. So it does make it a little strategic. That's totally cool. It's so much better to do it that way. Yep. I, it's just, because then you're like, all right. You know, and, and especially if you know that you're paired up against, like, another horse, like, mm -hmm. if you know that's, like, the type of race it is, and you got to wait to see where, you, where they pick, or you have to pick and try to be better than them. Mm -hmm. so, now, there's cool. some, some strategy in the post position. Real quick, in preparation for Friday, I'll throw a few at you. And the big dog, uh, just give me, like, a one-sentence thought on the hopes, the dreams of these particular horses are... Uh, Kentucky Derby non-analyst Joe Wadwanski, a Bodemeister owned by Bob Baffer. What do you think of Bodemeister? Uh, i got to tell you something. Anything that kind of even sounds like Budweiser, Robbie's going to give you the crafts. <laughs> How about Rousing Sermon? Rousing Sermon ridden, ridden by Jerry Hollendorfer. Uh, I, I don't really feel like getting preached to at all when I'm at a sporting event, especially when it involves alcohol and gambling. Mm-hmm. Now, running, interestingly now, possibly in the position right next to Rousing Sermon is going to be a horse called Dunn Talking. That could be a nice little matchup between the two of them, but Dunn Talking ridden by Luis Contreras. Uh, I, I like the name Dunn Talking. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say, and let's face it, you know, when it, when it comes to sports, that's the best way to be. You know, don't, it's not about the talk, it's about the walk. I'll have another going off at 15-1 to 1 surprise winner of the Arkansas Derby, I believe it was, ridden by Mario Gutierrez. And Mrs. Gutierrez, by the way, not happy about that. 
uh, people were upset last week when there was a bunch of drinkers and they thought it was, hey, I'll have another when they realized that the guy who was the horse that really just likes to get spanked. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, David Olson, are you aware of the, uh, the new hit book, The Harry Potter for Adult Women? The Fifty Shades of Grey book, speaking of getting spanked? Yes, I am aware of it. Big dog, I hesitate to bring this up at 1048, but are you aware of the phenomenon? No, what's going on? Well, it's referred to as mommy porn. Do we even want to get into this at this point, David? Yeah, yeah, we can. can. Yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. I almost think we need to give Big Dog a homework assignment, but basically it's a a J.K. Rowling type lady, right? Okay. Who has written a few books before, but basically. Well, what what does I mean? The strangest thing about the success of this book is it started out as Twilight fan fiction in a writing club from the TV show Twilight. From the movie Twilight. The movie Twilight. Yeah, Isn't yeah. the movie Twilight based from the TV show? No, ah, no. Well, there the you go. movie Twilight was based on the book I, Twilight. I don't think I ever heard of the movie Twilight. Are, are you serious? Twilight, the movie? Twilight, yeah. You, you Joel, have... have you heard of Twilight, the movie? I will bet you your wife has went to the theater and saw it. When, was it a recent or old? They, well, the uh, last three or four years, there have been four movies. Now, is that a mommy porn movie also? No, no, it's uh, it's uh, a tweener porn, basically. Tweener? Yeah, yeah, t- teenage girls, and less than teenage girls. So okay. about a, a love story between a vampire and a human. Okay. And, and there are sexy werewolves in it too that never were. Oh, chance. really? I thought like all the people that I know that watch that show are like in their mid thirties. Well, it's a huge it's a huge hit with the ladies of any age, apparently. But well, I'm aware it's really, of the TV really, show. We talk there, there, with, there's there's never been a there, no. It's not a, it, the TV show. We talk show. with this guy Pattinson, and then the girl was Chris. Yes. yes, yes. You're thinking of the Twilight Zone with Rod Sterling. No, so. I'm no, not you're thinking, thinking of the you're Twilight thinking, Zone. You're thinking of the Vampire Diaries, which yeah, is because, like a, which is like a weak offshoot of this. Yeah, it's with like, the you know, Pattinson and Kristen. Yeah, Kristen Stewart. That, yeah. Those are the movies. Okay. Those are the movies. Okay. So how the hell was this based for middle-aged women? She took that version and she was she was writing a you know she was writing a fantasy story, um, fan fiction it's called. Okay, it's when you take two established characters and you write a story about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And she wrote she wrote basically a sex story about the two of them in a in a writing class or something. Teachers like you might have something here, and she changed the character's name and she developed a whole story. And now she's got this massive, massive bestseller. But the, the, not controversy, but the titillation of it, Big Dog, or the popularity of it, the uniqueness of it, is it is a love story, probably a very, very good story and a love story, but the female, there's a domination in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, and there's great, yeah, graphic, bondage and that S&M, kind of thing. Yeah. And some of the middle-aged women are apparently, there's some secret desire for that, that has come out via the, that book. That's the reason the book is making such a story. So a bunch of women, uh, middle-aged women have come out yes. uh, realizing that they want to be tied up and beat. That's, I don't know about, the, you know, well, that's basically it. Do, <laughs> do, you got yeah, to be a straight shooter for me, Coach, because I'm not going to do any research on it, so I do want to end the, the, okay. This is the type of subject you would enjoy doing research on, Big Dog. Book's okay, called well, Fifty Shades of Grey. The lady's uh, author name is E.J. James, I believe, and she was in Chicago yesterday, I believe, at the Standard Club, and like seven hundred women and, and two guys showed up. There were like two guys in the crowd. 
you know what? I, I wish I would have known. You know, I, I, I am done with that. I have Lily the lilac. I'm, I'm pretty happy, and I, I don't have to. But yep. to any guys out there, that's where a guy needs to go. Not is bad. wait in line for that book. Yep. Okay. Uh, if you're a guy and you want to find a girl, first of all, go to Holy Name Cathedral, uh, 9 a.m. Mass, uh, 11 a.m. Mass. Those three, those three slots you're going to see. You'll be like, oh my goodness, at those three different slots. And then also go to a dance instruction class. Best thing you could ever freaking do. Take one of your buddies too. Go to your mm-hmm. dance instruction class. Just go once if you don't believe me. Mm-hmm. And trust me, after you walk out, you can be like, there was like 25 to one women to men ratio in there. Seriously, it's uh. Women have to double up with women in these classes, Coach. If you're a guy, go to a dance instruction class. Even if you don't know how to dance, that's why you need to go. Women have no problem if you can't dance if you're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. It's one of the smartest things you can do out there, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Self-Help Sports Talk Radio. I don't know how much anal- analysis of the Bulls Sixers game we did today, but uh, for all the single guys out there, you are now aware of the fact that a, by going to church at Holy Name Cathedral, or B, attending a singles, or not a single, but just a dance class. Two of the finest ways to meet uh, some available women. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, my ex had to quit taking me to Holy Name Cathedral because she was afraid I was going to meet a girl there. So, oh, I'm telling you, you guys got to go there. It's the finest stock in the whole entire city. <laughs> what would have happened if this year, man, would have shown up to the Fifty Shades of Grey book signing? Uh, that could have been interesting. I'm not, I'm not just saying. I'm not. You don't know how many times I've been felt up That's... in that freaking thing, and I'm starting to get in real, real good shape. Yeah. I, it would have been. It would have been bad. It would have been extremely bad. If you would have come with a billy club or a pair of fake handcuffs, big dog. It would have. Uh, it would have been worth the price of admission alone. I really wish I would have known because I, I am willing to pretty much go anywhere <laughs> and get filmed in that thing. You have no idea. Now it's. Uh, I, I, I feel real comfortable in it, especially uh-huh. now when people attack me, yep. and I just start making fun of them right back, with, mm-hmm. or, or I, I agree with them, and I, but I go along with it and, and turn it around on them. I'm really starting to enjoy this stuff, though. Yeah, if people don't know what we're talking about, check out This Year Man on Facebook, or um, is there a Twitter? I forget for, for This yeah, Year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my Twitter is This Year Man. Okay. My website is ThisYearMan.com. My blog is This Year Man. My Facebook name is this year, man. We're keeping it simple, folks. Keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. Very nice. White Sox one, by, by the way, way. But on Facebook, it's this year one word, man. It's, I, I'm hard to find because I only have 290 friends. And out of my 700 friends on Facebook, only 290 have flipped over. So that means there's going to be about 400 people that are going to be mm-hmm. off of my Facebook page. Right, so Boom, there, pretty soon. There's still a few seats available at the table, shall we say. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go ahead. Uh, White Sox, by the way, one seven to two. Big dog. Don't want to forget our good friends on the south side. You were right near White Sox Park. Um, didn't go in the stadium, but you were right near there. Sox win seven to two. Gordon Beckham, finally breakout game, three hits and a home run. That was good to see. Hopefully, a uh, you know indication month, of things to come. Once a month, you say breakout game, and uh, for the last two years, you've been saying that, and for the last year, I say this. No, it's only a breakout game if he continues. So let me let me talk a week from now, and we'll see how Gordon Beckham is doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not wishing anything ill will against the guy, but okay. uh, you know, I I I think he has the ability to be a 285, 20 home run hitter well, if he ever swung at strikes. That works. If he, if he swung at strikes, coach, his problem is he swings okay. at he is he is he 0 2 when he walks up to the plate. He just taps the home plate. Oh, strike two, and I'm like, what? He's 0 2. <laughs> That's the way it's. That's the way it seemed last year for sure. By the way, we have our pick seven baseball tournament. Remember you against me, real quick. Just a quick recap. 
Uh, oh, Detroit and New York. You had Detroit. I had New York. Right now, I think a slight edge for me. Yeah. You had Toronto. I had Texas. Ooh. Big, big edge. Well, not that big because Toronto's playing pretty well. You had Oakland. Well, you, I had. You, you C- gave yourself Texas and gave and come on. Texas was the American League champ, and the other guy was the, as the fourth seed in the American League. It was a legitimate draft, and if I recall, you had more first picks than I did. Uh, KC and Baltimore. I had Baltimore. You had KC. Right now, I'm up. Uh, Dodgers and St. Louis, you picked the Dodgers, so you're up on that one. Milwaukee and Washington, I had Washington. I was looking good, but I read where the dreaded hernia of a Brad Lidge, and he's out four to eight weeks, big dog. Yeah, and yeah, Brad Lidge was signed because he was going to be their eighth inning guy, but be their closer until Drew Storen got healthy. And uh, if people don't realize this, the best pitching in baseball might be the national, uh, the Nationals. Strasburg, Jordan Zimmerman, Gio Gonzalez, Tyler Clippard, and then when Lidge and Soren get healthy. I mean, that, that's a really, really good team, Coach. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. good team. Yeah, I watched them uh, opening day against the Chicago Cubs. I could tell you they were a pretty good team. All right, Big Doe, we got to wrap it up. Tremendous job today from the Osama Bin Laden. One year, uh, again, I'm still looking for the proper word from that, anniversary, if you will, to breaking down the Bulls and Sixers and then uh, providing – suggestions for the single women of the city of Chicago, especially those that like the book Fifty Shades of Grey. Do your research a little bit on Fifty Shades of Grey, will you please? I shall, Coach. I will now, especially that I know what it's about. Yeah, exactly. All right, dog, have a good day. Back tomorrow at 10 o'clock, folks. Thank you so much for listening. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic, signing off. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.